I have a question, Nancy. What's your question, Corey? Are you as hype as the XFL as I am? Actually, kind of, yeah. <laughs> like, real talk. We're going to be a sports podcast for a second before we get into the thing lines <laughs> See, for this week. Okay, so you say that. Guys, I'm, I'm calling it now. This is Corey's way of trying to turn us into a sports podcast. He's going to slowly warm me up and ease me in with the XFL, and then he's going to ram me super hard <laughs> into just becoming a sports podcast. I mean... We've got to talk about a league with such great names as the Tampa Bay Vipers. No, we Battle Hawks, man. Battle Hawks all day because that's the most 12 year old schoolyard name I have ever heard. I mean, Dragons is pretty bad. Could you imagine Dragons? I mean, <laughs> in Seattle? No. <laughs> and I just. And the Vipers, of course, you know, because we have to be, like, edgy. So, basically, everything that I'm getting from this is, like, prison tattoos. That's, these are all prison tattoo names, like, Vipers, and you get dragons, and, like, you can get a, you can get a roughneck tattoo. And you've got your Madden creative team logos for most of these teams. Yeah. A couple of them are really top-notch. Shout out to our local roughnecks, Roughneck for Life. Yeah, actually, I can, I can be a roughneck fan. I'm okay with this, because... It's Basically, the Oilers logo with a different tilt to it, more modernized. It's a pretty logo. Colors. It's a pretty logo. Like, having lived here long enough now to actually kind of say, like, it's not the worst place I've ever lived ever, it's a really pretty logo. I can appreciate it for what it, for what it is. It's actually the only name that makes sense. I mean, the Renegades, I guess I get for Dallas. They've got that kind of, like, shadowy outlaw figure, Renegades. No one really likes them, yeah. But Dallas. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I will say I, I like the uh, Houston Dallas beef. I'll always have fun with that. You know what logo I don't? You know, it's just all right. So I'm gonna pull up the DC Defenders logo, and theirs is just a shield. It's so I mean I could have like, made that in MS Paint. It is a Madden creative team. Yeah. So is there we go. So is Dallas's Dallas's logo. Mm-hmm. LA's is literally just. L.A. Yeah, I mean, the New York Guardians. Solid-looking logo. Like, yeah, I guess you're right. Like, like in terms, like, it's it's a little bit on the edge. It's definitely an edgelord logo because, like, you've got the, the bloody teeth and the red eyes. But, like, it's got a solid composition. Like, good line work. The good contrast logo, I do like the fangs and the V. It's a nice touch. But they're all Madden Creed team, except for... Houston's really is like the only one with character to it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, and the the Battle Hawks logo does it basically looks like a ripoff of like something from Star Trek. Yeah, kind of. Looks like it's like in a video game. It's like a patch you put on your armor in Halo or something, on like a creative Spartan mode in multiplayer. Oh yeah, see there you go. Same with the dragon and the renegade. <laughs> Renegade more so than... Well, actually, Renegade gives me more Overwatch vibes, I think. It gives me Madden Creative Team vibe. Well, yeah, you've only said that a few times, but yeah, like, it, we do. I'm sorry. I'll say it as much as I need to to hammer that point home, because it is kind of a lazy design. Yeah. I mean, LA's is I, I, mean I was going to say LA's is definitely the worst, followed by, like, DC. Because, like I said, like, at least, like, LA, like, the letters at least kind of talk together kind of nicely, but it's still, like, super basic. But, like, the, the DC... Renegade's just, like, nasty logo. It's like, I could have made it. A thing's top eight ranking of the 
XFL team logos at number eight trash tier, I'm going to put DC. I'm fine with that too. It's a shield with lightning bolts and three, three stars. They're the defenders. Okay. I get it. The shield defense. Okay. You could have done something else though. Number seven. <laughs> the LA Wildcats. The LA Wildcats. <laughs> the clog kind of fang looking L with a little wispy tail A. Like, doesn't look enough like a cat where I... Like, if it looks like a cat, then, like, sure. Um, but it doesn't. So, no. I'm out. And then are we gonna do Seattle Dragons next? Actually, at number... No, I think at number six, I'm actually gonna put the Battlehawks logo. Because it's plagiarized? <laughs> because it's literally something I'm pretty sure I saw in Halo or Call of Duty or something before. It is the same thing. That one is just very generic. Also, why is there a sword? What what about what? St. Louis constitutes a sword? What about the XFL? Yeah, so like, like, are we getting sword play in the XFL? Like, come I'm, on. If I'm looking at this, okay. DC Defender makes sense with the defense on the shield. I said that. But Pokemon it's just Sword a... and Shield, Nintendo Senpai confirmed. <laughs> but like, it makes sense, right? The, the Defenders. LA Wildcats, they get the cat. Yeah. What the fuck is a Battlehawk, number one? You know what? Hold on. Let me let me see what the universe says about Battlehawks. Number two, if it's not something that involves a sword, why is there a sword? Is it to represent battle? Vince McMahon, you want to get at me with this one? Right. Either way, it still falls at number seven. Um, I don't know. I think number six on this list will fall to Dallas. Oh, no, I'm going to Very you. close to Seattle, but at least the Seattle Dragons has a little bit more personality to the look. But in my opinion, like just speaking like artistically, it is the least attractive artistic logo like that I've looked at. Like even it's like the resolution is like off on it. Well, let me... Like, looking at all these images, like, no matter how clear and how crisp I think it could possibly be, it's so... It's so washed out. So... And it's just kind of like... Let's compare... It doesn't it. even look like a real dragon. It looks more like a snake. Well, there we go. wanted to compare them because they're actually... These two teams should be playing each other in the next game. But they're both playing after this week's game. Okay, fine. Then you know what? So I'm going to put my money helmet, on the Renegade. But on the helmet, <laughs> I prefer to look at the way Seattle's logo looks. That's because, like, they made the... They probably made this logo specifically for the helmet. If I were making a helmet for the Renegades, I wouldn't have just slapped the logo on it the way that they would have. I would have made their helmet look like the mask. Because that would have made more sense. Where you actually have, like, the bandana part and then, like, something a little bit darker with, like, a dark shield on the eyes. And, like, it would have worked. And that, like, to me, like, that should be their next helmet design is making them look like their, you know, renegade mascots. That would be freaking cool. I don't like this helmet, but I like the design better because it's cleaner. And it's got a better color combo well, yeah, than see what the Seattle saying, Dragons but... because all these colors are too close so they blend together and you're colorblind so you should recognize that <laughs> like yeah but it's dallas fuck dallas but like also <laughs> everyone from seattle's an asshole but it's dallas and i fucking hate dallas 
I tell you what. But we can't, and we did we'll put down. We'll tie them where they're, we'll tie them. We'll tie them, and then whoever wins this game. Yeah, so. <laughs> it has the better we logo. Will update, <laughs> we will update on the episode posting the week after the 22nd as to who wins that battle for five and six. Yep. And that will decide their standings in our in our logo wars. Until then, I think we can both agree that I think number four is going to have to go to Tampa Bay. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Because although it's nice and, like, you've got the fangs, it's just a V. V for very okay. Right. <laughs> For very, that's that's the best I got. <laughs> that's all they're gonna get. So then, oh, I'm sorry. Let me correct that. That was number three. That was number three. This so then, number three would be Tampa Bay. Right. And then number two is going to be the New York Guardians. Yes, I would say New York is number two for sure. There's some. I get the Guardian thought. It kind of looks almost like to me. It could be like a gargoyle face or something guarding the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, the, I think it's. I think it's game. a lion technically, it but it is, could be a guard. Lion because yeah. gray and it it does have like a like a very ominous face. Like I said, like I just like the color combo. Like the comp the composition is a little different, and like it's got really good angular shapes and they play with shadows. Like it's solid. It's clean. It works. I like how it looks. And number one, I think we both said it before, but rough neck for life, yo. Rough neck for life, and but like it that's such a good logo. Like this logo actually fits the city it's in and what the team is. Right. So Houston's known for the oil industry having a bunch of hands here. Mm-hmm. Well, the energy industry Texas. in here. Yep. Um, Once upon a moon, we had the Houston Oilers. Yeah, they're in Tennessee now. Now we have the Texans. <laughs> Go figure. But with this one, you have that oil derrick. You do, and you still have a huge H. The yeah. Houston, like so, you still get the letter incorporation that LA was going for, and I. I'm not going to really say DC, but like they tried. Yeah. Um, but they incorporated the H into it. It looks nice. You still got the Lone Star on it because, you know, Texas, Star State. Blue, Texas. Yeah, Blue, Texas. Texas Pride. I'm not, I'm not going that far. I'm still Hence a damn. My, my voice. I'm a damn dirty Yankee. I, not even sarcastically. I don't think I can say it because then there's like evidence on the internet that we're currently recording that someone can use against this to me later and I'm not going to be allowed back up north because they're going to say y'all converted me as I use the word y'all in a sentence <laughs> yep <laughs> I only say I really only say y'all when I'm mad I type it way more than I say it so when I say it I'm usually frustrated <laughs> because the south makes me frustrated <laughs> well do we want to talk about the real thing lines now yes we should Since probably get into that we'll have an XFL update Go Roughnecks, they play this week. Shoutouts. Let's go. Yeah, I'm excited. I can root for this Houston team. They go. So, actual headlines that we've got is Rick Moranis was coaxed out of retirement by having crazy Disney money thrown at him. Oh my god, Disney money can do anything. Could you? Okay, so before we get into this, I want to know, what would you do with Disney money? It's a really good question, isn't it? Because it's not just regular money we're talking about. We're talking about like, our our overlord. Like uh-huh. crazy Disney money if they were offering me like crazy money for what we do. What would I do with it? Yes. Absolutely nothing. You're such a joke. <laughs> you say this. No. I would do nothing. I 
I would put it away. I would use it for things. I would probably still, you know, I would work and still have fun, but I'd maybe buy some nicer things and upgrade it, but I don't need much. I'd find a way to turn that into more. Fair enough. But start like, another Let's Talk. Start another. I'm not, I'm, I'm good on the one, I think, for at least for now. No, like, but like a fun, like, Disney, like, fuck you thing. Like, I would probably, like, if I really wanted well, to. Well, see, I'd say buy a helicopter, but we've seen how that turns out recently. Oof. <laughs> I'd say buy an airplane, but we've seen how that's turned out in the past with celebrities. Right. I'd say buy a sports car. Buy a motherfucking tank. You've got Disney money. You can afford a tank. I can't. That's against zoning laws in the city of Houston. Okay, so this you is mean to actually tell me- made national news. <laughs> You've heard of Tank Guy. Tank I, Guy lives in Houston. I know Tank Guy lives in Houston, but like, imagine like y'all can like start like a tank like. Okay, fine. No, you know what I do? I just go buy land in the middle of fucking nowhere. There you go. Hook up super high speed internet. Get your get your fiber. Tell the world to go fuck themselves. There we go. And live in my cocoon. There we go. There you go. See, I'm more on like the tank crew or well, because then I can have a, a personal tank on my drone. property and the find out is if they're dropping satellite. I mean, I should stop talking now. Yeah, let's not. Let's <laughs> not. Okay, so but thanks to Disney money, we're gonna get a sequel to Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Aquarius is gonna be in it. Oh my god, I'm so excited! He won't even do Ghostbusters, but he'll do this because well, Disney money. Because <laughs> Disney money. <laughs> but I'm really excited. I love the Honey I Watched it or Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, I Honey we shrunk ourselves. Poops. Honey, I blew up the kid. Oh, that one was a good one. So, this is what happened. Like, this was, like, an era of just, like, pure, like, creativity and, like, ingenuity, I think, where it's just, like, you've got this super nerdy dad who's, like, super science-y and wants to dick around in the garage. So he's still, like, a typical dad. He's got his own space. From the great country of Canada. I love Canada. In Canada, I trust. But, you know, Disney's got, does have some creativity and originality around. They're trying to make an original sequel. To their Aladdin remake. So no, we're not going to get Return of Jafar. Okay. And I hope not. God, that Jafar was awful. It, it like that entire, it just gave me the. No, 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 no. I mean, in the live action movie, Jafar oh. is awful. See, here's like the thing. I'm curious to know his backstory with the way they made him because he confesses he's a street rat, mm. and that he was just like Aladdin and sought the power he had. Okay. But. If the sequel can explore that a little bit more, and Will Smith Genie's okay. Yes, and I'll, I will say I I'm he did not. Good. They changed up like they changed up his song, the big Genie song, and never heard a friend like me. Yeah, they did change it up and make it more Will Smith style, more of a rap kind of style, which is fair. And Be- I enjoyed it. Okay. See, and my my whole take on like the whole like Aladdin thing. Like, the oh, Genie, a heart, his love. See, I, I haven't seen it, but I haven't seen any of the... So it's on Disney+. Plus. Really? Perhaps maybe we should do a review of that. Perhaps we shall. But either way, I haven't seen any of the live-action Disney movies. I, I've been against the whole idea of it, right? And, like, at first, the first one I thought I was going to see is The Lion King, and I still haven't watched that, even though I, like, I love the cast that they had for it. It's just, I, I'm such a, a Disney purist. So it's hard for me to, like, make that shift. I know that the Aladdin, like, they've done a lot of changes with it. And I I also won't say, like, I wasn't going to watch it because Robin Williams isn't in it. Because, like, that's just not, 
the type of like attitude that like I know he would have towards that sort of thing and also it was impossible for him to be in it it was impossible for him to be in it and it's like also you know we're never going to have a friend like him so like that song is perfect because like we're never going to have another genie like him so I at least appreciate that they changed some stuff for it and Will Smith is probably like the only person I could he did so I I really enjoyed him as genie I'm not gonna lie I enjoyed his portrayal of genie I don't like Will Smith as a YouTuber I don't (laughs) I don't watch him I don't watch his YouTube well, I don't, but, like, he still shows up on, like, YouTube and, like, he just, like, pops up and things. But I also just don't like the idea of him being a YouTuber. But that's a whole other conversation. You know what? He's having fun. I mean, no, Jack Black is having fun yeah. on his YouTube. His YouTube is fucking mint, but... <laughs> it's just Jack Black being Jack Black. It's just Jack Black being Jack Black. And, like, I'm hoping we get some, like, behind the scenes for, like, the new Tenacious D album that they're working on. So, like, like fingers crossed on that. But, like, it's just the vibe, like... It's because Will Smith's got, like, fuck you money. He's yeah. got plenty of Disney money. Oh, and yeah. he's got, like, his Men in Black money. His Wild Wild West money? Question Oof. mark? <laughs> his After Earth money? Oof. His iRobot money? Okay, iRobot's actually not bad. Okay, no. I actually really like the iRobot. What movie. was that one he just did where it was him versus his younger self? He has that money. I, I Not enough to be. Or his Hitch money. Hitch is Hitch a good is movie. Good, Hitch is a movie that, like, I absolutely will... It's one of those chick flicks, like, that I can get away with, like, watching, because it's what not as chick flicky. The one where he was the superhero. Oh, I don't remember, because I only watched, like, half of that, that movie. That was actually a really interesting movie, and I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, he was the superhero, and it was... What's her name? It was in it. Was it Charlize Theron? I think was in it, and she was the other superhero, and they were destined to find each other throughout time. Hancock. Yeah, that one. Yeah, I... That's a good movie. Oh, yeah, I mean, it came out in 2008. That was, like, when movies were still, like, kind of trying to get original, but they all theme. I don't know, Brightburn. Pretty good. Have you seen that one yet? I have not. That was probably... That's the most original idea I think Hollywood's had in a while. We're way off topic, but... But, okay, Brightburn, <laughs> superhero. If Superman was a kid and evil, Ooh. when he learned his powers, that's what Brightburn is. Nice. Okay, that's so that's I, up your alley. It is, especially with how much I love the boys. I can't wait for season two. Soon. I know we're getting there. So, speaking of two, back to the sequel. So yeah, this is development. <laughs> um, Look at that segue. Really, all I. <laughs> So let's go talk about something else that's more off topic. Yeah, we've already derailed. Um, but it's okay. The cast of Netflix's Kevin Smith produced Masters of the Universe has been released. Okay, I'm completely hyped for this already because we get our boy, our our forced ghost that shouldn't be a forced ghost, Mark Hamill as Skeletor. And I'm excited because I still, I f- will forever pre- appreciate the voices that Mark Hamill's able to bring to the table, and I'm excited for his Skeletor. I am too, especially since the original voice of Skeletor is on the cast as Mossman. Mossman! Henry yeah. Rollins as Triclops. Um, we get. Chris Wood plays Prince Adam. We get Sarah Michelle Geller as Tila. Yes. And I Liam love. Liam Cunningham as Ben of Arm. Yes, I, dude, I love Michelle, Michelle, Sarah Michelle Gellar just because I loved Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So it's like I'm excited to see her do something again. This is like, like little preteen Nancy's like super excited, like oh my god, I can't believe this. 
like character. A lot of big names in this movie, in this series, because not only that, you have you know, like I mentioned, Henry Rollins is Triclops. Yes, Alicia Silverstone is Queen Marlena. Yeah, it's a name you don't hear often anymore. That's true. We I used to hear that name a lot more when we were maybe a decade or so younger. Also, Justin, Justin Long. Long is Robot. Is and Roboto. We all know how much I love Justin Long. He is like one of my favorites. Jason Mewes is going to be Stinkor. <laughs> it's very fitting. Phil Lamar uh, is in it as Hero. Tony Todd is Scareglow. We got Kevin Conroy. That's another name like Merman. you don't hear too much as much too as Merman. And you know, of course, we got Kevin Smith's daughter Harley Quinn's. You know, as Elena, right? That's how you say it. This is, yeah, he puts his daughter in everything. Yeah, what an asshole. It's like nepotism or some shit. Yeah, like, what What the fuck, man? Like, she doesn't even like him. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, she took her friend to go kidnap him. Hey, if you don't know what we're talking about, listen about two weeks ago. I know. Also, watch Before it. Before we moved into our new space, hey. Oh, yeah, guys, we moved into a new space. We have our own little recording studio now. Not we're, finished yet. No, but we have it. We've upgraded. 2020, the year of upgrades. As Nancy makes noises, knocking things over, some things never change. Nancy's obnoxious. <laughs> I so, don't know why we let me have a let's talk. Right? I don't know why I ever asked. <laughs> Here we are. I don't, you don't want to know what I never asked for? Robert Pat- Pattinson as Batman. I mean, I'm okay with the, Okay. So, we hold on, let's preface this, because... We got our first look as Ro- at Robert Pattinson's Batman. Yes. And we have feelings. Yes. And they're different feelings. Different but same. Does that make sense? Yes. So, I think the look you get seeing hit the actual test footage itself as it's moving up camera-wise and him walking up, patting it all in the suit, He'll make a decent on-screen look for Batman. The jawline itself is okay. The cowl looks off. I need to see the ears before I can make a proper judgment to see, because the ears are what will make the way that costume looks on his head. Mm-hmm. If they're too long or too short, it's going to make a huge difference. Awesome. Yes. And that, that's one of the things like I'm very hesitant of, is like I feel like they don't have the ears figured out, which is why we didn't see them. They want to like they want to gauge the response, because like I'm wondering since <laughs> since they have the gun of what of yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We'll like, get but to since they have Batman that, since they got that Edge Lord Batman, I'm like wondering if like the ears are gonna be the bullets that killed. Them. <laughs> I couldn't help it. But they're tipped with them, maybe. <laughs> right. And like, if you look close enough, there's still blood on it. Is it so, my parents? I don't know. We don't know much about the story of this Batman movie, but from what I'm gathering with what they're talking about with the suit, and yes, what Nancy had previously alluded to, the other image we get in this in this footage is a close-up of the bat symbol, which is rumored to be the gun the that gun killed his that parents. Killed his parents. <sighs> Edge Lord Batman confirmed, but my wonder is: is this Batman your zero or your one rather? the origin of Batman that they did. And it's hard it to say. Is it makes sense given we just had old Batman in Justice League, but if we're keeping Flash young, 
then it's not going to happen. Because Flash is still Ezra Miller and everyone else is still the same. Batman's changing. Batman's changing again. But Let's... Batman's changing since the DCEU was started. Right. Because the Christian Bale trilogy isn't part of the extended universe. No. It's that the reason the extended Superman. universe exists. Yeah, that started with uh, the first with Man of Steel. Uh, I remember when that movie came out That's and how much not... shit how much shit it got. So fun fact, I actually watched Man of Steel in Virginia with people and everyone I watched it with hated it and I'm like actually for what it was, it wasn't bad. It gave me that movie, but it like I, I saw it get over night. Hmm? I saw it midnight release. Really? With That had to be a little disappointing. A friend of the show. Oh, really? With friend of the show. Wesley. It was, I think, I think it was around his birthday when it came out. I think is when we went for. So we went. We split a bucket of beer. There you go. At the movie tavern, and we went and saw it at midnight release. And him and I both kind of had the same idea about it, if I remember correctly. The movie itself wasn't the most impressed with it. Mm-hmm. In fact, I still don't like. I hate the way it the sounds. End. I don't like the end, and I hate the way it sounds. I think the sound mixing in this movie, and like that's how much it resonated with me. That I remember how much I didn't like it to this day. The way the movie is mixed was. It took me out of the experience like the whole time because the sound was just so off. The voices like, like way too quiet, and the, like music be like way too loud, or vice versa. Like it just it didn't the blend was, right. You're right. The mixing was strange. Yeah, like then, I've never had something resonate with me like that to the point where like I hate it. And I remember it. How long did Man of Steel come out? Like back in like 2012 at least because like that. Yeah, yeah, it, it had to be 2012 because I went to Virginia like 12 or randomly, 13, something like that. Yeah, I went to Virginia randomly, and that's where we saw it. But and I like. Even now, I still, like, seven years later, I... The ending sticks with me still. Yes. And I hate... It, and it, it sticks with me for the wrong reasons, because it was an out-of-character Superman moment. It was very... I was like, what the fuck is this? It was this? like, Superman doesn't do, do that. that. I like that we're able to talk our way around a spoiler from a movie that came out in 2015 that, like, I would hope everyone has at least seen one. Right? <laughs> like, everyone for context should know what we're talking about already, but if not, when Superman kills Zod... That's not how Superman works. Superman does not kill. And, like, that's what, that's what turned me off to the movie. But other than well, that... Well, Batman of... doesn't use guns, and look what we got with Batman or Superman. Uh, and Justice League and such. Yeah, which is batshit. However, I won't lie, I do like the Flash. In the, in the Justice League movies, I, in the movie, I do enjoy Flash in that movie. There's at least one Aquaman was this. good, but Ezra Miller continuing on as Flash and Gal Gadot continuing on as Wonder Woman are great. Robert Pattinson as Batboy. I'm not. I'm not for it, man. I'm really hoping at the end of this movie he dies. It turns out he was just a Robin in the bat suit, <laughs> and that Ben Affleck just comes out of nowhere. It's the, like curb stomps the villain. See, now I'll tell you this. I will say that this Batman would have been a maybe like twelve to 13-year-old Nancy's, like, wet dream, because that's when Robert Pattinson was just Cedric Diggory from Harry Potter, and this is around the time, like, this was around the time of my life when my Batman obsession started. So had I been younger and dumber, I would have liked this. But I'm also not a fan of the way the Batsuit looks. I, I, like, like, like even taking out the gun. Even taking out the gun, and, like, if it was just, like, hollow. Which I think would be a pretty cool, instead of it being, like, an open one, a hollow one would be a nice take on the Batsuit. It's yeah. not something that we've seen before. But I hate how, like, tactical 
armor but sharp you notice how is. they all look that way for a moment for the most part, after a certain point. So think about this. You got some of the best bat suits that you had, right? Honestly, one of my favorite on-screen bat suits is Ben Affleck's bat suit. He has a nice bat it's suit. It's organic looking. It's very organic. It goes back to more kind of how that Michael Keaton bat suit looks. See, and that's why I, I like that one, because Michael Keaton will forever be my favorite Batman. You know, but those were more organic looking. After Keaton's role, when it went to Val Kilmer and George Clooney and Bat Nipples, so they don't talk about that's the worst suit I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah, because, but we also got Bat Nipples, but, and I but hate then, that Funko Pop didn't <laughs> make the Bat right. suit with the bat And then nipples. you had, you know... Christian Bale's was rounded. The first Christian Bale bat suit I liked. Even though he couldn't turn his neck. <laughs> then they joked about yeah, it in, in the Batman, yeah. I liked. Or not Batman Begins. Uh, Batman Begins. Yes. I liked that bat suit. You know, he couldn't turn his neck. I liked that. I didn't like when he got all tactical armored. Right. Because it became all platey and stuff, which I understand. And that's something Batman would do. He has fuck you Disney money. He he's got fuck you Wayne money. Don't don't associate Disney with the yeah, but with no, the aren't, like aren't they one in the same? I mean, think about it. If the Waynes were real, would they not own Disney? That's true. Or would Disney not own the Waynes? No, I think the Waynes would own Disney. In order to fund this Batman bullshit, plot twist: It wasn't Walt Disney who started it. It was Disney Wayne, and he had to change his name to not be caught on by DC. Well, see, there we go. We we got it. We've we've got our theory, guys. But no, so like, but even still with. The Christian Bale bat suits, even though they did get more tactical, they were rounded tactical. So it was still, so in my opinion, in the way like I've always viewed it, it's like it's like muscle the plates, definition. The plates moved it, that more naturally. Yeah. So like, although it was more now, of a tactical armor, we have those rounded yeah, the body plates shapes. on this move like a vehicle would move when it was doing the testing, the test scenes on this suit, mm-hmm. on this Robert Pattinson suit. It was like. The, you could see visible separation and the plates not being in just stiffness. So we're getting Iron Man Batman. It's Iron Bat. Thank you. <laughs> Let's move on from this because, again, we got way off topic. Did we, though? We, I mean, we stepped, we kept on Batman the whole time. No, let's, you know what? Let's speak in DC because we talked about Man of Steel there for a moment. Yeah. Speaking of, you know, Superman costumes, that Man of Steel Superman costume was really good. Yes. All right. Let's not even go there. It's be- that was probably one of the best on-screen Superman costumes. Yes, hands down. Even and if it's not the worst Superman movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Superman what? Returns is the worst Superman Oof! movie I've ever seen. Oh, in I don't want to talk about that one. I that one that just one makes me too. mad. Oh my god. The one that was supposed to be a sequel, yet like in between sequel for the Christopher Reeves movies, and they found the most Christopher Reeve looking guy they did. Poor Brendan Ralph, man. He he tried. He's a good actor in his own right. That was just bad for him. Yeah. Now, he did recently come back in the um, Arrowverse crossover yeah. events oh, okay. as Superman. That's nice. And he also plays a character on their Legends of Tomorrow series. Okay, well, at least they, like, were so like, thanks for trying. For he was great in Scott Pilgrim. He was great in Scott Pilgrim. So. <sighs> I love that movie so much. Anyway. Any, now we're getting, now we're off topic. <laughs> More thing lines for you, ladies and gentlemen, thing of tears. We've got some SNES games coming to the Switch Online, and some NES games coming to the Switch Online. And no, they're not a damn game you're asking for. No, because why would they be? Nintendo Senpai is too busy. <laughs> we are getting... With the XFL. Poppin' Twin B, which is a vertical top-down shooter. Cool. By Konami, released in 93 in Japan, and then in the PAL regions, but never made it to the US. And Smash Tennis. Again, same thing. 
both released outside of the U.S. for the SNES. So we're getting those. We're getting a tennis game and another shooter. <laughs> tennis? <laughs> tennis. I mean, they're they're not giving us what we want. Like, I don't know if it's like they're waiting licensing. for... Licensing. I guarantee you we're not getting any of the Final Fantasy games due to licensing rights. Nintendo does not want to pay that to go to Square to do it. And it's a lot of money. But if that's the case, then why is there... So many square. Why are there two square games on the SNES Classic? Right. So, see, so you've already talked your way around your whole your whole argument. I'm just here. thinking of all the reasons because to me, there's not even a square game on the original NES Online for the Switch. Now, there's square games on this one because you have the first Breath of Fire, which was a square game, but the second mm. one was Capcom. Oh, oops. So I don't know. It's interesting, but those yeah. are coming. Yay! I mean, like, having a tennis game isn't necessarily a bad thing, especially, like, when we played through our game. <laughs> oh, man, that was fun, though. That was, a, that was fun, but that was rough. We, it took us way too long to figure for, out how to golf. Now, for the NES, you're getting Shadow of the, Shadow of the Ninja. Okay. And Eliminator Boat Duel. I want to duel on boats. It's a power boat racing game. <laughs> <laughs> I think we could have some fun with that. I did my best. Okay, we're back. <laughs> yes, I would totally rock your boat. Ayy. <laughs> so, we'll see what happens. Other Nintendo news. We're getting to see how much the Nintendo PlayStation will sell for as it goes for auction. Corey, what's a Nintendo PlayStation? <laughs> Not the fuck. <laughs> so... Way back in the day, in this time called the 90s. You mean when I was hatched? I mean born. <laughs> Actually, this is maybe about as old as you are. When was it? When was it? 93, 94? 93, baby. I, yeah, oh, 93. I just outed how like absolutely childish I am. Sup, guys? I'm a damn dirty millennial. What you gonna do about it? Not oh, shit. <laughs> But, so this came back out, and this, yes, was in the 90s. There, Sony and Nintendo partnered up to try to make this thing work out and have a baby together. And oh, see, you can't make relationships Nintendo work by got, adding a... I'll let you see, Nintendo <laughs> got cold feet and pulled out, but only pulled out after they made one. Oof. Or two, you know, working copies, a couple of them. But they pulled out and went and made babies with Philips. But unfortunately, they didn't have any babies of their own. They just helped Philips, you know, create this, like, bastard offspring that nobody liked. And Sony went on to just take the little baby they had with Nintendo and raise it to be its own more superior console in every way, shape, or form. Yeah. And thus, the story of how Nintendo created one of its biggest competitors in the Sony PlayStation, and one of the biggest laughing stocks in the Philips CDI were born. That's a tragic story. It, but it had, it had everything. It had dream, it had intrigue. But... I think that's absolutely hilarious that all of that drama, and that's why Nintendo Senpai and PlayStation don't play along anymore. They never had an amicable divorce. Like, no. Like, Playta PlayStation's probably still hella salty. I don't blame Sony. Like, so anyway, this is up for auction. That's currently at 350 bucks. Eight. About 19 days. 350,000 bucks. <laughs> yeah, not... <laughs> God... Damn, that's so much. That's like a way too nice house. Like, 
that is way too much money. And there's still what twenty one days. Yeah, and if you As after you pay for the buyer's premium, it's four hundred and thirty thousand dollars. Oh my god! Good luck with that, folks. This is gonna be the most expensive video game release thing ever released. And Who speaking, at Disney's buying this? <laughs> you know, speaking of video of expensive video game things that are being released, Jeff Keighley said he's not going to E three. No, oops. I don't give a fuck. Oh really? You you're not a big fan of his coverage on E3 when he has his it. own. So here's the thing: Jeff Keighley's great, and he has been a driving force in the industry and games industry and games journalism and everything for 25 plus years. He's been at E3 for every one of them. He's had a hand it with game trailers or or whatever he's done for them. I don't watch his content. Okay. I don't watch his E3 stream. I watch. When Sony does their press conference, I watch Sony's E3 stream of their press conference. When Nintendo does their direct, I watch Nintendo's stream of their direct. When, you know, Microsoft does theirs, I watch the Microsoft stream, the Bethesda stream. I don't watch his stream. I don't watch okay. the E3 stream. I don't watch the IGN stream. I don't watch the fuck bait click this here stream i don't you don't watch a tit, uh, twitch stream of someone watching it through the reflection of their glasses because they don't have non-glare that's a thing that happened <laughs> no i don't all right i don't watch those i watch the actual stream developers put on because that's what's most convenient for me to access that's true he has the game awards the game awards are turning into an e3 of its own where they're doing world events new trailers announcements console Fucking it's... being shown off at the Game Awards with the new Xbox when they did that for the project. Wait, I thought that was a computer that they launched, not a console. <laughs> I mean, yes, it's the, it's the PC box. It is the PC box. The PC Xbox. The, the, the sex Microsoft's box. Microsoft's really making the, the direct Xbox a thing. Mm -hmm. But that was shown off at his show, the Game Awards, where who makes the money off of that? This guy. So yeah, I guess it makes sense for him to... He's, he's finally... He can walk away. Finally made it into the part of the industry I'm sure he wants to be in. Yep, ladies and gentlemen, that's called capitalism. <laughs> Yay, capitalism! But one of our final thing lines mm. we're going to talk about <laughs> is the dice game of the year. Game of the year. Not year. What? Year. Just it's just the way you said it. Listen here, Hong Kong and Moose. Hyonk, hyonk. Don't get us sued. Hyonk, hyonk. You're gonna get us sued. Oh, Jack Sacticai wouldn't do that to me. But... He doesn't are... know you. Random people have threatened to do it to you. They, no, they knew you me. That people with him, yeah, so what <laughs> made you think he would? Because he's a, he's a sweet little Irish lad, and him and I both have, like, Irish blood in me, and, like, I'll just feed him potatoes and it'll be fine. Because that's racist? <laughs> no. <laughs> if you watch Jacksepticeye's content, you'd understand. <laughs> Still, that's racist. It's not racist. But it is. You can't just tell Irish people you're going to feed them potatoes. If they're still salty about a famine, I can feed them potatoes, and like <laughs> it should make up for lost time. <laughs> but, guys, Untitled Goose Game won Game of the Year at the DICE 2020 Awards. Like, so... hey, our precious chaos-having honk-yonk and Goose Goose one. So, and I love yes. this game. So it was actually something I had seen about this, and I'm going to have to pull it up because it was showing me all the Game of the Award 
winners since this started, and I have it pulled up now. I'm going to read to you these games. Okay. Okay, from 97 forward. So, very first one was GoldenEye, 007. Makes sense. It was an iconic game. Published, Nintendo. Okay. Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Another Nintendo game. The Sims. Revolutionary. Diablo 2. One of, like, the most highly accredited games of all time. Halo, Combat Evolved. Halo's Halo, and that's its own, like... But the first Halo game was revolutionary. Oh, yeah, no, it was, like, a league of its own. Like and Battlefield it... 1942, again, a revolutionary game. The first Call of Duty, revolutionary game. Mm-hmm. All of these have changed Half-Life the industry. Half-Life 2 changed the industry. The first God of War, the first Gears of War, all games that won this award. Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Little Big Planet. Our little big planet, like such a good Uncharted game. Two Among Thieves, Ooh. Mass Effect Two, God, Mass Effect's so good. Skyrim, which again was just it was a groundbreaking game. Just At the I don't, time, just because I don't like Skyrim does not take away what it does, what it did for the industry. Oh no, Skyrim! And I mean, there's a reason why Bethesda's still shoving and it down our throat. Journey, The Last of Us, Dragon Age Inquisition, Fallout Four, Overwatch. Here you go, ready? Breath of the Wild. God of War, and then yes, this year, Untitled Goose Game. That's amazing. <laughs> you go through all of these legendary games. Untitled Goose Game. You know what, but here's the and thing, And I though. love it. And it shows you that indie games are accepted finally. See, and that's where, that's where I'm like, it's still revolutionary. It's different this time, because there is a whole subgenre of video games that you know, has always been, like, just, like, brushed off and, like, not really thought of because they weren't made by, like, competitors. But Untitled Goose Game is a fantastic game, and it's a great indie game. And, like, you know, we love indie games on our our, our Let's Talk here because we've played through Stardew Valley, you know, you've played through Celeste. Celeste, which was last year's action game. Exactly. This year's was Control. Okay. I can see that. So, I'm happy for our, our goose is king. Chaos is king. So, um, a couple of other game of the years here from the adventure game of Jedi Fallen Order. You mean Star Wars Dark Souls? Yes. <laughs> uh, they have a cellular mobile game of the year. Sorry, oh. That went to Fire Emblem Heroes live in 2017, and they haven't done one since. <laughs> They're like, eh, maybe this was stupid. <laughs> Family game of the year, Super Mario Maker 2. Really? I guess Family Smash isn't. Portable Game of the Year, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Okay, now I've got a question on that. So, would Switch games then be available to be in that category? Like, because it's they're considered portable with the way the Switch works? Well, like, how I does mean, the Switch, like, mess with that category? It doesn't. I mean, it's still a mobile game, technically. It's still a portable game. Okay. Because you can pick it up and move it. Just like on a PS4, you can still pick up and play on the Vita as long as it has compatibility. I'm just so, curious. Because what won the game this year is a Switch game. Okay, cool. That's what won handheld slash portable of the year. Okay. IR game of the year, Pistol Whip. I don't think I heard of that. Mario Kart Tour won gaming, won racing game of the year. That was fun. The three days I got to play it for free was a lot of fun. So, good stuff from Dice. Thank you, Dice. And... Thank you for recognizing Indy. Kyong Kyong. 
with that, we'll finish up thing lines in a moment. Oh. But we're going to jump over real quick to a quick little break. And we're going to finish up and come back and talk about some anime awards and figure out if our next whole new segment of life is going to be Nancy Reacts to award-winning anime. Dun, 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 dun. Stay tuned for the thrilling answers. Hey there, Thingateers. Have you been wanting to slide into my DM? Well, now's your chance, so make sure you talk to us at athingpod at gmail.com. So, we're back from that little transition. We are. And, Nancy, let's talk about some anime. Most particularly, this evening was Crunchyroll Anime Awards. Yes, that dates the podcast for anybody who's actually listening and cares to look up when that was. (laughs) For those who care. But... I don't want to go through every award. Instead, we're going to play a little game. Oh, and what game are we going to play? So I have pulled up synopsises and some breakthroughs, whatever you want to call them, for each of the animes nominated for Anime of the Year. Okay. And based off of what we have on this, we're going to play a game of, well, Nancy, watch it. (laughs) You mean uh, Nancy reacts to? Well, if we find enough that Nancy will watch, then we will play a game called Nancy Reacts. And the rules of that game (laughs) are we're going to watch all of the series at the same time. But we won't be watching any other of our normal series when we... So when we do Nancy Reacts to do this, it will be a special for like a month long, however long it takes us to do this. Because there's more to this, but whatever, until it's done. But here's the caveat. Oh, that's not the caveat? (laughs) with the shows, each show gets the three-episode rule. Okay. Yeah, give it three episodes. If come the end of episode four, if Nancy does not like a show, she is allowed to kick off up to two shows a week. Until we're left with one. So only one show can go through to watch me through to the end. So... And it's gonna be... No, no, not two shows. You can kick off one show a week because there's only... One, two, three, four, five, there's six shows. Okay. So you can kick off one show a week. Okay. And you don't have to kick off all the shows. It doesn't have to just be one at the end. But you can only, as a minimum, if you don't like any of it, you can leave. You have to leave one show to finish it off with. Okay. So whatever one basically meets it, one they are the American Idol. One show to rule them. <laughs> but we're going to see if Nancy's choice matches Crunchyroll's choice. Oh, so I don't. Okay. For anime of the year. Right, because that I'm going to get put through the fucking gauntlet, apparently. So, <laughs> this is something we'll do maybe over the summer. Because over the summer, we're going to have a... Maybe. Maybe over the summer, because we're going to have a bunch of movie releases coming out. Things we're going to have to do. Yeah, we got to plan accordingly. Maybe before summer officially kicks off. You know, like may or may not have a little one on the way. That may or may not be around so that, that, that time frame, too. We're going to make sure this happens sometime in the summer, maybe late summer, but tonight we're going to make a list. Okay. So Because we've, we've got some to choose from. We've got six shows. Okay. So we're going to start off with... Oh, we're going to start off with one that I actually don't even know. Okay. And it's called Carol and Tuesday. Carol and Tuesday. So, 
the anime itself is only about 24 episodes long. So you have that to look forward to. How long are the episodes, though? About 30 minutes. If we're doing this, we do probably the first three would be the first episode we record about this. Okay. And then episodes, episode four would be its own thing until we get down to whatever left to do multiple episodes of. That's fine. We can and do Unlike that. King's Game, we'll finish this one. I mean, and... King's Game's just bad. It's just bad. Okay, so like in our defense, we finished this game, but I couldn't talk about it anymore. Yeah. I had to let it go. It was... So. so, give me an idea of what Carol and Tuesday. Well, one, it is produced by Studio Bones. So, I actually already have some high hopes for it. Okay. Um, studio Bones is a studio that does, um, did Full Metal Alchemist, um, Wolf's Reign, Eureka 7, By Your Academia. Oh, okay. So, an anime I know would have... Only, like, ever casually watch. And the dub of the Netflix, so you can watch it in English, you feel the casual. Hey, actually, I prefer my, my subs to dubs, thank you. Good, good, good. Anyway, so this is set in the future on a partially terraformed Mars. Teenager Tuesday Simmons runs away from her affluent lifestyle as the daughter of a politician and makes her way to Alba City to pursue her dream of being a musician, with just a suitcase and her Gibson acoustic guitar. <sighs> on her first day in the city, path with Carol Stanley, another aspiring musician who plays the piano, and the two decide to tee up, team up as a singer-songwriter duo under the name Carol and Tuesday. So it's going to be a... It's a pop in Like, let me... Do, okay. It's going to be a girl band anime. We gotta do it. I'm okay with this. I'm okay with rock band. I, I used to think I was going to be a rock one day. Okay. So, let's show. I'm open to watching any of these. Yeah. So, oh, you want to watch this one? You're okay with this one? Can I make my decision at the end? Can I hit my choices? <laughs> I mean, you can choose them all if you like. Choose. But this one I, I'm intrigued with, so I, we can add this one to the list. Add it to the list. It's getting added to the list. Because I don't know much about this one. There's a couple on here I've heard of, a couple of on here. you watched. I've watched at least a couple episodes of, one more so than others. One that's definitely been thrown down my throat by friends. Okay. But Carol and Tuesday, so we'll, we'll, we'll add that to the that list. That one can be a journey we Now, <laughs> how about Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season? Nani? <laughs> Is a Japanese manga series that has been made into an anime. Let's see. I'm trying to find what it's about. This one doesn't tell me. I just get to know. What the Man, like, in order for you to like really understand what I'm about, like, you got to get to know me. You can't just like read about me like on the internet because like I'm an individual. That's the vibe right now. <laughs> yeah, because I don't have much information on this. I may have to just watch an episode to tell you what it's about. Apparently, this is there's a main character. It's a love anime. Uh, you know what? Can we not? At least I'm, right now, that one's not. I'm, I'm going to have to watch an episode to try to figure out what You can get back to it. We can, we can see I'm, if we can I'm add that. Okay. So, let's move over to Lin Saga. By Lin Saga. Okay. Uh, the name is at least kind of interesting. 
Finland Saga is set in 1013 AD England, uh, which has been mostly con conquered by the Danish king Sven Forkbeard. As King Sven nears death, his sons Prince Harold and Prince Canute are arguing over his succession. The story draws elements from historical accounts of the period, such as the KT Barjak, the Saga of the Greenlanders, the Saga of Eric the Red. Uh, plot. That's a lot of plot to read through. I don't think we need the whole plot. So essentially this is Vikings? Yes. Is what I'm guessing. Um, I, I'm interested to see an anime's interpretation uh, of Vikings. Controlled England started the 11th century and features the English invaders of the of England commonly known as Vikings. Story combines a dramatization of King I Nunt. Um, no, I think I think it's Sea Nut. Sea <laughs> King Sea Nut. Historical no. rise to okay. power with a revenge plot centered on the historical explorer Thrawn, the son of a murdered ex-warrior. So I'm intrigued. So. I will watch it because of King Seed Nuts. Um, <laughs> I need to know. I didn't know how to say his name. I'm calling him Seed Nut. I don't care what happens for the rest. Of, I don't care if I get pulled later. King Seed Nut. Guy, okay, I, I have no idea how to pronounce this. That is okay. There's we will add it to the list, speak. and we will learn. Not even a speak option to hear the name pronounced. <sighs> Lies. Anyway, so add it to the list. We're adding it to the list. Add it to the list. Next up is the Promised Neverland. Ooh. Set in the year 2045, Emma is an 11-year-old. Gracefield House, a self-contained orphanage housing her and 37 other orphans. Life has never been better. With gourmet food, plush beds, clean clothes, games, and the love of their mama, the caretaker Isabella. The bright and cheerful Emma always aces the regular exams with her two best friends, Ray and Norman. Norman! The orphans are allowed complete freedom except to venture beyond the grounds or the gate, which connects the house to the outside world. Basically, it's picture perfect until, you know, shit's about to hit the fan, I guess. Someone's gonna open the door, so and shit's know, gonna happen. One night, an orphan named Connie is sent away to be adopted, but Anna, Emma and Norman follow after... Noticing that she left her stuffed toy little buddy back at the house. Back at the gate, they find Connie dead, and they realize the truth of their existence is an idyllic orphan. To be humanely raised, eventually butchered, and sold as meat to a higher species, which were identified as demons throughout the series. So, you know, anime shit. I mean, I guess hashtag spoilers on that last bit. <laughs> I guess. That's just says the plot, but... I'm interested, let's go. And it's still running, so it's not yeah. over yet. Yeah, so that's fine. And, I mean, spoilers, but not spoilers, because all anime animes are based on... Yeah, because obviously I read all the mangas. But I mean, spoiler, which is not why... spoiler, because if you haven't looked... I mean, spoiler for me, man. That demon twist would have been kind of cool. I'm just saying. We're still well, going to add it to the list. To as has them, like, In quotes. I, I... We'll see. Anyway. So, problems never land. Would you watch Promise Neverland? I would like to watch Promise Neverland. Awesome. Well, this is like the weirdest Neverland. episode of The Bachelor ever. So I'm just like, <laughs> I by the way. Like... <laughs> what anime shall we pick? 
pick your six suitors and then talk about us going off the rails this is it we've decided (laughs) to give ourselves a basically a reality tv show live stream let's talk whatever the fuck we are at the moment (laughs) talking about what anime we're going to watch months from now it's like a fantasy football draft all hype with low expectations hey but now you get to decide what we give the winning anime are we going to go generic with the pros what do i give them we're gonna have to think about that. Ooh. How do we know that they 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 pass their pass their rounds? Hmm. Because I am I am on the market for an anime. I haven't had a good anime in a long time, and I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm ready <laughs> to accept a new anime. <laughs> like this is an important deal. So, so. Coming soon to a Let's Talk Near You. Nancy chooses her anime for life, yo. <laughs> After that, it's going to be Nancy reacts to Husbandos. <laughs> and then she has to choose one. That's not insane, we did. <laughs> That's going to be a Nancy chooses a Husbando. <sighs> Perhaps they'll come from Rising of the Shield Hero. The next anime on our list. <laughs> I'm sorry, what? To possibly add to the list. Rising of the Shield Hero. An easygoing Japanese boy summoned into a parallel world, along with three other young men from parallel universes to become the world's cardinal heroes and fight interdimensional hordes of monsters called waves. Cool. <laughs> That's a plot. <laughs> Each of the heroes are equipped with their own equipment when summoned. Um... Now Fumi receives the shield. He's your main pro tag boy. He okay. the shield. He does have some pretty spiky anime equipment. Well, the other heroes receive the sword, shield, and bow. Or swords, spear, and bow. Weapons for attack. We hit a cat girl. Yes. He, <laughs> now Fumi gains a bunch of, you know, unlike other heroes who are fully supported by the kingdom and gain several allies. Now Fumi has, bad, has my luck, apparently. My luck of the week. Oh. You know, worse. After his single companion revealed to be the kingdom's princess betrays betrays him, steals his shit, leaves him devoid of all assistance, and supplies after she falsely accuses him of rape. Okay. Outside of that last bit. Essentially, yeah. So accuses him, like, falsely like, accuses him. That's perfect. That's perfect. Now I need to know. I need to know what got us from point A with convoluted shields. Too woke. So mocked by the nobility and shown by everyone, I, fellow heroes to peasants, a now cynical enough for me. Okay, let's let's leave it at that. I don't want to know more. I don't. <laughs> like, I want to pause it at that because I want to watch. Okay, knowing so where this leads. Rising to the shield, of the shield hero added to the list for Nancy to see Japanese woke culture. Because I need to know now. <laughs> How do we get from those? Crazy tactics with armor to that. All right. This is shaping up nicely. We're going to talk about one that season two is what was nominated, so we'd have to watch season one as well, but Mob Psycho 100. I've seen parts of this one. But anyway, basic rundown for you. Shigeo Kagiyama is an average middle school boy nicknamed Mob. For lacking a sense of presence. Although he looks like an inconspicuous person, he is in fact a powerful esper with immense psychic power. Okay. To keep from losing control of his power, he constantly lives a life under an emotional shackle in order 
to help learn how to control his abilities. Mom works as an assistant to conman region Arataka, a self-proclaimed psychic. Mom wants to live a normal life just like those around him, but trouble keeps coming after him. Hey, I can relate to With that right now. Emotions, <laughs> Mob, little by little, his power threatens to break through its limits, and he eventually encounters other espers like the Claws. Okay. I feel like we're kind of going through the same thing in life right now. With, like, wanting things it to... It looks like Saitama. You know, I actually thought that, too, because I know who Saitama is. He looks like Saitama with hair. It's it's Saitama Weave. It's Weave Saitama. I Look, will watch. One of my favorite reaction things to send to people is the gif of Saitama just blinking saying, okay. That is a good gif. It is one of my favorite gifs to send. It is my favorite gif. 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 Nope. I've already schooled you on this thing, but we're not gonna we're not gonna bring this. I'll let the internet decide, but that's a yeah, bad battle to start us off into again, it... wouldn't it? Especially with the internet. Uh yeah, the internet's kinda of passionate about friend. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's how we got as many listeners as we did. We had that argument at some point. We did. Maybe we'll hashtag it with both and see how I'm just going to hashtag this episode with it. Anyway, last show to add to the list. Oh. I already know that this is on the You're list adding Bob Sapple, right? Yes. I am so, adding yeah, Bob the last Sapple. one. I'm not really giving you a choice but to put this one on the list. Well, no. Because this is a good show. Okay, and I've heard nothing but fantastic things about it. And... I this mean, is the one that got me curious. Sister. <laughs> Putting, but he, he saved sister. He's just a pure being. He won best boy. He won, be- he won best boy? He won best boy. Oh, okay. And the main protag chick from Shield Hero won best girl. But that's because best girl can't talk, right? Well, no, no, no. She didn't win best girl. Oh. That's Nezuko. Nezuko didn't win best girl. But <laughs> we're talking about Dim- in case you haven't caught on. Which... It's fantastic. Now this one? It has a movie coming soon, which is the whole like third arc to the manga. Oh, right. it's gonna be so good. Okay, now here's the thing. For me on this one, I don't want the plot. Okay. Because it's it's on the list, it's mandatory. Yeah, no, plot I wanna spoiler. go into this one blind. Like plot actually is kind of spoiler. So yeah, and to like a lot of what sets up this show. So that's why I don't want it. And like with the rest of these, it was like enough to like see if I'd be interested, which is fine. These ones had the survey, like this one, like they had to give me their resume. That one was a, I recruited and hired on the spot type of person. Oh, <laughs> so yes, we got it. Well, then I guess that's it. We have our list. Have so what's it. our final list, Nancy? Read us your suitors. Our suitors are Carol and Tuesday, Vinland Saga, The Promised Neverland, The Rising of the Shield, Mob Psycho 100, and Demon Slayer. So all but one. All but one. Which is about what I thought. I That's... figured Oh Maidens in Your Savage Season would not be up your alley. The name alone was too much for me, unfortunately. it I felt like it was coming on really strong in terms hard. of like what it was trying to accomplish. And for me, just really getting to know on like a surface level... Those impressions matter. Not everyone could come with us on the journey today because six is a nice rounded number and seven just gets too complicated. So someone had to be sent home early if we're going to do this competition. That's right. <laughs> and I guess that's how round one ends? Round one. So, Finish. So we're going to jump over and 
I guess we're going to talk about Carnival Row. Episode 8 was... Oh, boy. A lot happened. Let's go. Holy crap. All right, well, thing of tears, I can't believe it. We finally made it. Carnival Row, season eight. It's the finale. <laughs> we, we made it. All the way through. I've got thoughts that we'll save for next week's review. Let's just talk about the episode. Yes, we got to get through the episode because for some reason, everything, everything happened. happened. <laughs> oh, look at us. <laughs> everything happened. Everything that we've been waiting for. So many questions have been answered. So, so many other... Okay, like, guys. I'm not going in order. I just want to ask you some questions. Okay, go ahead. Let's let's start there. Because... And I'm not going to... I'm going to try to boil a whole lot yet, but... The big reveal. The second big reveal. But oh. not really a big reveal. Because first big reveal... First big reveal... Happens at the beginning of the episode, but is it really a big reveal? Because we kind of saw it coming, but didn't <laughs> when you find out that the Chancellor is his father? Yeah, okay, so that was very interesting to me for a couple different reasons. Because I thought it was the priest, I thought it, <laughs> I didn't think it was the priest because the priest was supposed to be gay. That was like the whole thing. That's why. The priest and... Right, right, right. So, like, but... he was supposed to... So, and I didn't feel like he ever, like... Like, priest wouldn't have, like, kids. And, like, I get that. So, like, he wouldn't... If he was gay and already, like, a religious man, I don't think he was going to fear that yeah, way. Maybe. For me, I think but... it's, like, the age of the chancellor. It just, like... It's, like, he had to be, like, super young. And it was crazy to me that he still cared about her. And, like... Much. Yeah. And, like, he was, like... He was hurt when he died. And it's, like, he... Like, he realized... Like, he cared, but he couldn't because of the path he was on. Because the prophecy foretold of him being a powerful man, but his son being even more powerful. So. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> what do you think about the way... Alright, I... This episode's hard to talk about without spoiling things. I don't really... There's not much of an order to go in. Because this episode itself is convoluted in a way, the way it jumps around. Right. And that's one of my... All right, you know, mini-review of this episode right now, too much happened. Right. And the order it's presented in is too confusing, and it really takes you out of the experience if you're not already invested in figuring this shit out. Right, because at this point, like, this is like the make it or break. And, like, we're both invested in all of these storylines. Because in this episode, you get Philo's dad. You find out about the cult that was introduced like three episodes ago. Yeah, we finally get some more context you on that. You find out Dark Al find out who did the murders. You find out why. You get the plot twist as to Sophie and Jonah's story more. Yep. You get we you we get also Agru Mr. Agreus. You get our love story. You get your love Rap. story and wrap up you get the whole dynamic for season two starting in this one you get you you get love more philo yeah. vignette moments you get more philo story you get philo moments with other people and a lot happens. a lot happens in this episode so it was a lot to take in so it's going to be a lot for us to talk about 
We can't be worried about spoilers. That's the whole point of the watch along. I mean, I'm not going in order of the story at this point because we know that the plot that what we're going to talk about is going to basically wrap everything up. Right. So let's just continue down this path of Philo here for a moment. He meets his daddy and then finds out his stepmommy's killing him. Trying to kill him. Surprise, surprise. On, like, both ends. So, like I said, like, I wasn't really expecting the Chancellor to be his dad. I knew it wasn't the priest. I wasn't expecting her as the villain. They did really well to hide that twist. Because usually you figure shit out like that pretty quickly. I actually figured it out. See our Stranger Things review. Yes, but I actually figured it out. And... It's only because, like, I mean, like, the, the way they had introduced her with, like, the clicking of the shoes and, like, the she was willing to do to her son Yeesh. didn't scare me. And then the comment that the, um, the, uh, the other, like, the witchier, uh, Faye. The witch. The witch. Like, I just, I'm, for, I'm blanking on her name. Um, even she was like, oh, she was always curious. Yes. Like... I didn't see her being, I didn't see more of the reasoning being what it was. I didn't really see her big bad. I didn't understand the reasoning until then, but I knew she was bad. I didn't know well, why. Like, I knew she was bad. Part. She had kidnapped Jonah, but I didn't think that was going to be evolved into what it was. Right. I, I didn't, didn't know why Philo. Behind, yeah, I didn't see her being behind the structure. I didn't see her being behind the reason for dying. For mm-hmm. I understand it now. Yeah, and they they did a really good job and on hey, keeping that. Was- she finally did something. Oh my god! <laughs> Speaking of the Dark Asher, so now yeah, we got to talk. The about- bitch. Yeah. Well, Philo's getting his ass kicked by the Dark Asher. Okay, so yeah, so at this point, like we have found out that she is like the big baddie, and like he's like going through the sewers to like find the Dark Asher, and like she's not connected to it technically, so it wasn't acting. And then like they have this like huge battle scene, and like her underground, like, of course, she's got an underground layer. That, like, is where she does, like, all her dark in magic, and it's huge, and it's in the sewers, and, like, she's controlling it and beating the shit out of Shiloh. I said, <laughs> beating the shit out of Philo. We were about to call him Shiloh. I was about to call him Shiloh. Shit. <laughs> we have a, we have a present Shiloh with us, so. Freudian slip. But, like, it's just beating his ass, and, like, he's trying his best, and then, like, Vignette comes out of nowhere. And just, yes. But I liked that, like. You saw it go actually through her? Yes. That was a nice touch. It was so sad. <laughs> he just did. Yep. And then she falls down, and then also the Dark Asher does the Dark Asher die until the person controlling it is dead. And it's amazing that Vignette did not know that, but was able to execute the only way to save She did something. It took well, her eight episodes, you know what? she did But by her logic, it's, hey, she's controlling it. If I kill her, does it stop? Did she know she was controlling it, or was she I just mean, going she in? Saw her- Dancing and it beating the shit out of Philo. That's I, true. You could put two and two together. So you say that, but it is vignette that we're talking about. Shit, at the library. I get it, but she's smart enough to get on that boat and survive. I know. She's just she went through like a lot of emotional trauma. I mean, yeah, she's lucky as fuck. But yeah, well, she's got a big horseshoe. Let's talk about ass. a moment of over. <laughs> when she is screaming as they were taking Philo away in episode seven, and the way she when she was dead and screaming in this one after that, when they threw her back in the cell. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like that's oh, not. Oh my goodness! And especially just because like Philo's just like just stay with me, just stay with me. Like he's calm, and then she's just like it's almost like she like he's getting murdered in front of her very eyes. Which I like, understand what they're <laughs> going for, but 
It was a little much on the sun on it. Yeah, and you had a little over that. I'd take it back like maybe two notches, and I think that would have been much better. But at, like, at the same time, it's like how depth to a character like Vignette. Let's talk. So, Agreus <laughs> and Emojin. Oh, our, our OTP. <sighs> because we can't say we don't love them. This episode with them. They were stupid. They were doing what they weren't supposed to do. Her brother catches them. It's a gun. And is like ready to bust some cap in some, some motherfucking asses. Which doesn't happen. No, because Buff Daddy Agreus like is like able to like kinda like not, you know, keep like keep him calm and then Emojin just comes in and like you know, it's like, no, and I'm taking the gun. So it's like it's cool to see her like be strong against her brother. Throughout this 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 series for her, she's gone from weak independent to strong independent. Yeah, I love it. Like, I told you, like, I was so excited for her storyline, and I'm so excited and so happy of how they developed her as a character, and I'm going to talk about that tomorrow. Or, not tomorrow, but next episode. Yes, we're but, not recording next episode tomorrow. No, no. no. Please don't do that to me. Not to me. Uh, to me. <laughs> it was my my request. But like, to see her, like, I was so excited for her growth. I'm like, they're going to do something. So happy that they did. Yep, they left on a boat. <laughs> yep, they left on a boat together. He's like, where are we going? And then somewhere near. Yes. And it was cute. And we're going to have to get back to the boat in a minute. Uh, we're not yeah. quite there yet. So, but their storyline was great. And it was just like, she got like so excited because like she actually liked this guy. And I was like, it's it's cute. Um, I I shipped them. They made my heart so happy. They like, were good. They were good. Like, and I do like that they, that she became strong. Mm-hmm. Um. Get and what like she that, wants, they leave. And he likes that too. Like he likes the stronger because it's like he's like a struggled, so he wants a stronger woman. Like it was yeah. good. It's good. So I was very happy with their love story. Then Piety Mad after the Chancellor. Alright, no, we gotta talk. We're skipping something here. I mean, we're jumping because around. Because at but... this point, I can't talk about this next part until we address. The goat man in the room. Right. So <laughs> the whole point of the cult was to kill the puck, the puck servant of the chancellor so they could go up there to try to poison his food. He's sitting at his desk, signing essentially the prison pardons for Vignette and Philo, because right. he's okay. being good dad. Yes, he, he had a nice uh, father-son moment. Um, Before he was... Brutally stabbed. Yes. But they did have a really nice father-son moment there and got yeah. to know each other and told each other their stories. And it yeah. was a good moment. Yeah, we kind of glossed over that. He got to play a catch of... with his dad. He did get to play catch with his dad. <laughs> and, like, he was like, take care of yourself. You know. Stay away from the city for a bit. Yeah, like, he he tried to be a dad as well. Like, and that was, like, how the episode opened. Like, it was a nice... Sweet. It was. It was I like I was about to kill all you. The shit, that's about to happen. Yeah, because the way they set it up too was like I'm gonna, fuck you. and then like the gun jams, <laughs> and then like he's hitting like, it and look at it, and and then he like moves it away and it shoots, and then like he's just like off, and then they talk, and it's like, then they get to have their father, their their father and son moment. Nice. And it's really sweet. It is. They get to have a catch. <laughs> but Puck Colt trying to kill him. He recognizes the puck dude isn't his puck dude. 
Mm-hmm. And then stabby, stab, stab, stab. And stab, 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 stab. Caught. And Chancellor lives. Yay. He's in bedridden and has a conversation with his son who asked his dad if he ever questioned if he was actually his son. Mm-hmm. So, because there's some other drama that happens. He's fucking his sister? <laughs> he's fucking his sister. So we've, we have since elevated... From he's fucking the comp- his dad's rival's daughter to he's fucking the sister. Of his dead rival's daughter. His dad is <laughs> fucking his sister, who is the daughter of his dead rival. Yep. That's oh, okay, God. because now he's fucking the sister of his dead, of his dead father's dead rival, and they have a, the same dead mother. They do. Such a happy family. Oh, don't you love politics? And now he's <laughs> Chancellor because Chancellor dead because his dead mother suffocated him. Oh, yeah, that was a thing that happened. To try to find out where Philo was. Mm-hmm. And then she took his liver. Yep, because the livers have all... So you finally get and to she, see uh, her use magic. Looks like, like she had a nice Chianti next to her. Some fava beans. <laughs> Guys, when we tell you a lot happened this episode, I'm kidding. <laughs> Like, oh my god. Like, but, you know, I'm still proud Vidyat was useful to kill, that, to kill her. Yes, I think it was very, very, I was very proud of her for, yeah. like, showing, like, she's, like, finally coming back into her own, because it's, like, we know she used to, you know, protect the books, and, like, she was a very avid warrior, and, like, even was told to, you know, keep an eye on Philo, you know, like, to watch, like, she was trusted, like, she used to be able to do things, and then she just went through some stuff. So One thing I glanced again. over, Jonah got a new teacher. Yeah, the, okay, so I liked this. I liked this a lot. You're not like my other teachers, are you? No, I am not. <laughs> mm-hmm. He is a he is a wise old man who who's seen some shit and just, you know, recently lost his uh, traveling compadres. And his, like, best friend in the world and mm-hmm. had a heart-to-heart with Philo and realized who Philo was. And, yeah. You know, they had all that moment. Yeah, he was a very, he was a good, like, plot summary character. He was. <laughs> he is great in the sense of, like, you come to him for, like, Loki, plot resolution. Character in this show. Really? Like, Loki, he probably is. I really like but how he I stuck like, it to- But he sticks it to Jonah, and then when everything goes down, and Jonah's basically Chancellor, spoiler, I guess. I, I mean, again, we're but, talking around, it's fine. You know, Jonah becomes Chancellor, and he goes, I don't have a need for a teacher, but I have need for an honest man. Yep, he and he respects around. it because he comes in because he's the pulse to stand up. This not nosed brat just looks at him and goes, "Have you ever not riding your father's coattails?" Yeah. And what kind of man you are going? Exactly, and it's like it's cool too because it's like he he makes a comment of the man's shoes, right? Like he's like, "Dude, what are those shoes?" Jonah's, you know, well, like trying to size him up and like be like, "No." Like a subconscious thing too. Mm-hmm. You look at people's shoes to judge who they are, not their clothes. I mean, I did that for a living for a long time. Yeah. I still look at people's shoes before I look at their glasses now. Yeah. Because those matter. But here's the thing. is like the way, like, Jonah, like, was, like, trying to, like, knock him down a peg and be like, no, my own stuff to do. And then the fact of, like, dude's, like, he's too old to give a shit. <laughs> listen yeah. here, listen here, you little he asshole. He has the opposite. The fuck you money. He has the, uh, all right, look, just fuck you, dude. He has the I have nothing to lose of store neighbor mentality. Okay. And what do you mean by that? You've met my next door neighbor. I have, but 
maybe the thing of tears would like to know what your mentality is like. Uh, it's just, fuck you. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And that is quite literally my next door neighbor's mentality of life. Is, fuck you, I don't care. Yep, it's beautiful to watch, guys. And like the stories. And they usually end with the summary of being basically his stories are a long-winded version of fuck you, I don't care. Yeah, he does have this fuck you, I don't care. And like he's still nice and like he's not an asshole. Like, but so, he just doesn't care. Yeah, he just doesn't care. And so he's very quick to tell you. So yeah, I guess he, he really does have that fuck you. I don't care character. Yes. I respect it. Yeah. That's very much what this what this old man with his dearly departed traveling companion. Yes, I can't remember his name. Leave me alone. Don't come at me. But he's, like, only supposed to be, like, your So it's not so much that he's actually, like, my low, my favorite character. I said low-key. Play back the tapes, guys. Thing of tears. Play back the tapes. I said he might be low-key, my favorite character. Doesn't mean I have to know his name. But as a character, I enjoy him. Because he's relevant. His scenes aren't wasted. He's the only one that brings relevant pacing to the episodes. And he he's actually really good for tying all the storylines together, too. Because he appeared in all of them. He did. Kind of. He was in a love story. Yeah, he was. With Vignette and Agreus? Yeah, because he was still in the park when they were going through the park the first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no, he, he was... has time. He could have been the murderer. This whole time. That would have been one heck of a twist. I know, it was piety. Oh, piety. So, all in all, that's basically episode eight, except for the biggest point of it. The part we haven't gotten to yet. We've talked about all of it to get to the end. The end is Jonas Chancellor, and he and Sophie become allies. They stand together. And, uh, they, yep, they stand together against racism. Segregation truly starts on the And if you are Faye, you cannot leave. Good thing Agreus and Imogen were on a boat. <laughs> They're signaling you to come back. Yeah, and he's just em. like, nope. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. Mm-hmm. He knew. He knew stuff was going down. They wouldn't let Philo and... They wouldn't let Vignette leave. They were going to let Philo leave. Right. But... After they separate them and sees when one of the Fae tried to fly and they get shot out of the sky dead, Philo crosses the lines and he goes, I'm Fae. Crosses the lines. He picked his side, guys. Philo's gonna be fighting for the resistance. Viva the resistance. Viva la revolution. Okay, so does that mean we get Les Miz, but with Orlando Bloom slash Donnie Jet? I mean, do you really want to see Vignette and Les Miz? I mean... She'd have to do something. She's done one thing so far. Maybe it's not a bad thing we ask her. Maybe she does one thing. Maybe she does the same amount of things as seasons they're on. So maybe next season she'll do two things. Right. And, like, she'll get better. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. But Philo chose us. We'll talk about detail next week on the review episode. Yes. Because we'll go a little more in detail on what will be the off-week no-thing lines, because we double-thing line. For reasons. Don't worry about they it. They weren't supposed to notice. One day we'll explain. <laughs> no. When you're older. Yeah, when you're older, sweetie. Don't worry about well, it. Go, we go, haven't decided yet. Go have your popsicle. It'll be okay. You want to talk about The Witcher? 
We should talk about The Witcher. Because I don't know if we can really talk about anything else for this. I think we're good. Yeah, let's go talk about Geralt in the castle. Because, God, I loved this episode. Oh, and I loved how he was... <laughs> Alright, thing of tears, have you ever wondered where you could be the first to find our uploads? Well, wonder no more. Check out our main Anchor page. It's anchor.fm forward slash a thing bod. While you're there, make sure to check out our links to Facebook and Twitter that are going to be pinned right up at the top of the page near the podcast description. All right. I guess that means that we're on to The Witcher next for our watch-alongs. Yes. Episode four of season one of Netflix is The Witcher, starring Girl. <laughs> and Skier, who I've learned today I have more in common with than I originally thought. Yeah, you're a total bard. Alright, guys, I'm a total bard. This is a problem. I wasn't ready to admit this about myself, yet here we are. Explains so much, doesn't so it? So much. Like getting into trouble. Yeah. I I I need a I need a Gerald uh bodyguard. It's girl. <laughs> How about Geralt? Girl. <laughs> anyway. Me and Jaskier go on a mandate. Okay, but first, Jaskier needs Jaskier to bathe him. Bathes him. They go on a mandate. And like one of my favorite lines of the series so far is, "You don't have, or you wouldn't have any man rub chamomile on your ass." We're friends. Like the fact one, this has been more than a one-time occurrence mm-hmm. has me concerned. Yes, and I'm also upset that we've never got to see any of it because it skipped around to an indeterminate amount of time that we haven't figured out yet in this timeline jump. But enough time has passed where they're friends. I want to say in this one it could be at least six months to a year. Okay. Which would make sense. Right. Unlike the 30-year one we'll get to here in a bit. Yeah, because fuck you, that's why. (laughs) I mean, I understand it, but... (laughs) Fuck you and your feelings. But yeah, they go to Quincalanthe, and if that name sounds familiar, that's because you've met her before. Even though she did now. Oh yeah, she like D-E-double-D. But is she dead? Well, depends on what part of the timeline, I guess. Wibbly wobbly tiny wimey. Yeah, and here I am. Still not Doctor Whoing. So, only just barely understand that time is convoluted and messy. I don't know. Maybe we'll make a theme month of that this year, too. We, we'll get there. <laughs> anyway. So, yeah, they go to the Sintrin Palace. Because Jaskier's a little promiscuous and slept with everyone that moves life. Yeah. He needs some protecting. Just in case stuff gets sour, because obviously, like, he's still scheduled to perform here. And Geralt just kind of sits there and just kind of chills against the wall. In some very interesting clothing. Clothes were covered in guts. And weren't elegant enough to be allowed there, and his clothing was then made fun of by the queen. As the hell are you wearing? <laughs> the fuck? Like, because, like, she knows him. Like, it's not I think like it's funny is... how Jaskier underestimated how famous Geralt was. Right. Like... Because, and even the first time we're introduced, he's like, I'm gonna make you famous. It's like, bitch, I already am, but... Like, you realize he is the famous one already. Yeah. Because, one, he's a witcher, but two, they know who he is. Especially the royalty. Oh, yes, everyone knows. And, unfortunately, for witchers, they're few and far between now, so the fewer there are, the more you're gonna get talked about. And, I mean, also... When you look at Henry Cavill's face, you could just talk about it for a while. Yes, I do like seeing, um, I do like one of my favorite scenes is when those two stand up and start arguing at the beginning, where girls just kind of stand against the wall. 
Mm-hmm. And the queen just looks to him and asks him his opinion. Oh, yes. Um, he's just like, no. 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 Wouldn't happen. This is not worth my time, even. Nope. And then he gets invited to sit with the queen. Which is quite interesting. Like, she has changed from her bloody garb. I will say that was one hell of an entrance, though. Oh, yeah. Like, gotta give her kudos of just, like, rolling up late to her daughter's wedding. Because she's a racist. Because she's a racist and is absolutely coated in blood. Because she's a racist. Because she's a racist. Racist bastard. Like, we just want to put that out there. We don't condone it. We do not condone racism here at a thing. So, now that we have that on tape, and we all are all on the same understanding, and no one can... I mean, probably still good for other reasons. I have said a lot of dumb shit. I'm surprised it hasn't come back to bite us already. That's why we only have two listeners. And only one pending lawsuit. Is it, though? I mean, we've we made it a year. Yeah. Almost. Almost. <laughs> Almost. Oh my. So anyways. So, yeah. So at the table, the queen's asking <laughs> questions. Um, while the suitors are presenting themselves. And then in walks our hero in the helmet. <gasps> Dooney. You mean Sanic? Sanic. Because he is... Low-budget Walmart brand Sanic. No, he is the Sonic movie that we almost got. Ah, okay. And then they were like, yeah, we'll make it more cartoony. And then we still weren't happy, so then we bullied that company into making a good Sonic movie. Which, I still need to go see. Really, it's apparently the same movie, just new Sonic. Is all it is. It's just the new Sonic design. It made us happy. We made the You know, I have happy. a question. Okay. What if the Sonic movie isn't as good as everyone thinks it is? But Sonic fans are so used to accepting such a low-grade product and saying it's good that something that's just mediocre is amazing. You mean like my sex life? I wouldn't know. <laughs> Sorry. I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, no, that's actually a real, a real possibility. However, I will give you a better answer to that once I see it myself because I, like many other things, am a filthy casual. Yeah, you don't know Sonic. And I don't know Sonic the same way a lot of people, but I did play Sonic Unleashed, unfortunately. Um, and I've played... Why would you admit to that? Of all the Sonic okay. games out there, you admit to playing Sonic Unleashed. I did, because I had a Wii. But I've also... Because I had the... The handheld Sega? The Game Gear or the Nomad? The Game Gear. I had, I had a Game Gear, and I did play a lot of Sonic on the Game Gear. So... Iterations. Obviously, I'm going to remember... Unleashed because I was a more fully developed human being versus when I first played on the Game Gear because I was a lot younger then. Um, but I never had any access to Sonic. So, like a filthy casual. So I'll be able to give you a better understanding later. We live in the age of the internet and you have a laptop. There is no excuse to not play Sonic. I have no time. With everything else, like you're, you just tacked on a huge like anime freaking gauntlet. That we're going to be getting through. Yeah, like, yeah. and also, we don't make money off this podcast. Nope. So, I still have to work for a living. So do I. And I can't be killing monsters like Gerald here. Like, I actually have to do a 9 to 5. I mean, you could kill monsters, but it's kind of frowned upon in today's society. At least on the, at least on the, you know, normal web. But if I go to the deep web, I should be fine. I don't even, I don't even need to. get caught. Well, I mean, they already got it on tape, so, like, I'm already screwed, so. Good point. So. So, back to the Witcher and killing things. 
I do enjoy that scene, the scenes that lead up even before Dooney, where you know the queen looks at her daughter and says, "You can have you know anyone you want after you're married." Mm-hmm. Like you are my daughter. Like this marriage thing is merely a transaction. Then you get to fuck whatever you want. <laughs> and then Dooney comes in and they rip off his helmet, even though he won't take it off. He's like, "No, not till the sun's down." Yep, because he's been cursed. Woo! Yeah, he had claimed he came to claim the right of surprise. The law of surprise. Either way, it's still the same deal. At least it's not the element of surprise. Ah. <laughs> no, so if he comes to claim the law of surprise, which he had asked for when he saved the king's life when the king was out battling around. Out yeah, doing his kingly things. Being a king, doing things, maybe doing a couple stabs or some jabs, just and to you know, build that morale. Right. Happened to be whatever he came home to discover, and it happened to be that his wife was pregnant, so he's claiming the daughter as his right. Mm-hmm. As you do in olden days. Oh yes. I remember back in back in a simpler time where you could just say like that one, and then they said how much, and you said four marks, and then oh wait, that's a different storyline. Oops. <laughs> oh my goodness, yes. That is a different storyline for sure. Uh, but we'll get there. <laughs> so, when Calanthe's like, hell no, you ain't marrying my daughter, kill this man, and Girl steps in and helps. Da, 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 but Girl. he does not help the queen. No, he helps the dude. Yeah, because he's not a monster. And like, it's nice that they've kept this theme of him not killing intelligent beings. Right. Because everyone sp- like speaks of the Witcher. It's like, oh, you... Because they... A lot, I know a lot of people view the Witcher as like a hitman. Which is true in a lot of senses. A hitman of monsters. Hitman of monsters. It's a hitman that has, like, requirements that they have to basically meet. And if not, then he says no. He doesn't get bothered by the, you know... But I also like how the Queen suitor joins in on their side, too. Yes. Because he's like, nah, this is cool. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. He's like, I plan on marrying this bitch. <laughs> I need this to go okay. And everybody's fighting everybody. So nobody's going to see me just step this card. Yeah. Whoops. Or, and then, whoops. Got you too. Or, hee <laughs> <laughs> Stabity stab. Just a stab and a half. And then everybody fights. And the queen joins in. Everybody was kung fu fighting. It was a ballroom blitz. <laughs> it really was. So it was a ball. It was a true ballroom blitz, and then they stop, and the queen puts her sword to Geralt's throat, and then everybody chills. Everybody chills out, but not just not everybody, because we did have a little bit of drama happen afterwards. Yes. So it's still gonna be like, nah, you're not gonna. You're not marrying this hedgehog. <laughs> no, after. After Geralt intervenes, the queen just tries to kill him herself. As you do. Because and destiny. It's stopped because her daughter decides to reveal she has some telekinetic bullshit going on. She's able to, like, gust of wind her. And goes kaboom force field. With gust of wind. I can see storm your ass. Yes. And then she's just saying the same thing, like, over and over again. And then... Like with pl- basic plague round rules, Gerald, like he's like, well, I just sip- I sipped my potion, so now I can get through your force field. And Masak's over there going, I'm doing everything I can by not doing drugs. Yes, Masak, real MVP though. Yeah, drugs are bad, kids. Yeah, hugs not drugs. Yep. But without the drugs, 
He would have been able to. Been dead. Hmm? Without the drugs, everybody probably been dead. Exactly. So like, drugs are good sometimes. But moral of the story: drugs are good. Yeah, sometimes. Geralt's able to go in with the power of drugs and save her from herself. Her and Dooney kiss, and the curse is broken. And as the curse is broken, and everyone is rejoicing, the queen says, "Okay, cool, you can marry her." Yes. And there will be two vows because the king and the queen are finally getting married. Yay! Her suitor and her are gonna get married. So there's two weddings. Yeah. Flash over to Yennefer, and it's been thirty fucking years since we've seen her last. Bruh. <laughs> well, you know, witches don't age. I guess, but still, like, for them to just be like. Oh, it's been like 30 years, just like so. And I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? And her storyline is the adventures of saving the queen and the baby from certain death. It was on location, the episode. It was on multiple location, the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on location. So yeah. here we are at these sand dunes. All then of a sudden, here we are. Flash, at the, flash at these rocks. Mm-hmm. Now, then... like, look at all this snow. And then, oh shit, water motherfucker. Like... So, what you see is Yennefer sitting there in a carriage with, I guess, the queen. And is talking about with her about having, you know, having a male heir, how easy her life must be compared to hers, etc., etc. And they get attacked. Everybody dies. Except for them. Yennefer portals them away. She does. She portals to safety because she just had uh, the, the queen had a does. baby. Well, I mean, she was there for protection, so... All she does is portal. Portal, portal, portal everywhere. Yeah, I'm surprised, because it's like, oh, he's tracking. Like, oh, I make a portal. Oh, shit, he found us. Let me make another portal. Okay, he's tracking us. Let's make another portal. Well, and then she breaks all this stuff, takes off all this jewelry, they break another portal, he tracks them there, they figure out what it is, puts it down, the baby... And she's like, look, I put it down, you can kill it, and not me. And then he kills the mother. Oh. And then they go after the baby, and Yennefer says, no. The mother. But unfortunately. Some guy, so they basically pulled a Harry Potter and the... And he threw a knife as someone was going through the portal, and it happened to, like, puncture shoulder, and somebody dies. Yep. I.e., the baby, the baby. got stabbed. <laughs> and she sits there at the beach with it and just talks to it. Not creepy at all. Like, it's okay. And then buries it in the sand. Nice shallow grave so you know it'll wash up during high tide, but like by fine. <laughs> Could you imagine like high tide setting in and then like you just see like a bundle of cloth like floating in the water and then it's like, oh, okay, it's something. You like pick it up and you're like, oh, it's a baby. And then like you think, like, eh, it kind of happens, but then you see it's a baby covered in blood and it's like, wait, that's not the whole story. <laughs> so feel bad for whoever finds that baby and then it kind of goes back to the banquet Dooney thanks Geralt for saving his life by invoking the law of surprise Yeah. twist of fate the boon turns out to be the unborn child for Pavetta who is going to be Siri yep. speaking of she had some adventures too she did in the forest yep getting high or not getting high <laughs> I'd like to know more of what's going on than her, other than I hear voices wander in the woods. These are these things. These are these elves. They're trying to get me to now stay here. My friend drank the water and is going to forget who he is. That's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, you summed it up in a nutshell pretty well, actually. 
I mean, she gets kind of mad that, like, she's not feeling anything from the water from the thing, so she's got to be bougie and go straight to the source. <sighs> but we did get some of the better lines out of the series. Oh, yeah? I would say so. You know, girl's toast of, it's your final breath, a shitless death. Mm-hmm. I like that. Gonna have to find a way to incorporate that into my everyday vernacular. Right. Because it's solid. So, but it was a good episode this week. I really liked this episode. Yep, despite the jumping around a little bit and being for I feel now I understand more than what I have so far the entire journey. Okay. Yay! Yeah, now everything's starting to tie together for you? A little bit. Except for now how Yennefer ties to it all? We'll get there. I so just... You understand Siri and Geralt. Yes. I, all I know, I don't know how, but I know that they're like a thing. Like, and I know that because of the people that I've talked to that have played the game. Mm-hmm. And just like the fact that that's like one of the, one of the few spoilers you can't get away from when something's a game and also a book yeah. and is now getting turned into Netflix. So there's like things you can was already a away. series years yeah. ago, apparently, as of my research had found out looking up this series. Right. So it obviously has some history. So I know him and Yennefer are like a thing, but it's just like, how are we getting to there if we've already jumped 30 years in the Fatuda? Well, you see, he ages slowly, and she doesn't age. Right. So she'll catch up eventually. So eventually they'll be, they'll be around. We don't know where they are yet, each other's relative. Like, is she now on his timeline? Because she had that 30-year jump, because it's like, also... And what happened in that 30 years? Right. But for them to announce a time, it's like, okay, so that's a significant chunk of time that we have to take into consideration now. Mm-hmm. So that 30 years has to lead to something. We're not going to say, oh, I jumped forward 30 years for no reason, and then in the next episode we jump forward another 20, and then we're there. Could, though. I mean, they could, but is that good writing? No. (laughs) No, but we'll talk about that at the end of the series. Yes, with our recap. So, anything else about this one? Not that I can think of, no. Well, I think that's our week, then. All right, well, until next time, Thingateers, it's been real. Stay frosty.